0: This is Hoops Coaching A to Z with me, Coach Terry Canova. We are going to talk about everything possible dealing with hoops and other sports. This is a deep dive into everything coaching. So, without further ado, let's get to this week's podcast. Well so today is going to be exciting for me cuz this is this is a guy I've been wanting to have on this podcast from from day one. He's he's one of my my oldest, or should I say longest, one of my longest friends longest. In, in the, in the yeah. business. Uh I remember us meeting way back when, when when I was uh just just getting into the college game. He was on the men's side. We became friends and 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 just you know lifelong friends and we've done a number of businesses together and and always somebody i i enjoy talking to and visiting with great basketball mind i'll let you tell i'll let him tell you a little bit about his background but i want to welcome a good friend of mine uh brad hodge to our show today welcome brad
1: yeah thank you terry appreciate you having me on and um just you know i, mean, I want to go back to what you said the longest friends and i want to emphasize those are there. It's also probably not me necessarily but our relationship is probably among the most loyal and you don't get that in this business um it can become a cutthroat deal and you know we've we've had our ins and outs and differences and recruiting and and business ventures that we've tackled and um but we vacation together we talk we talk life we talk other avenues and uh that's what i cherish the most is through coaching and through the, the world of basketball we found two kindred spirits and, you know, we, we probably may not go a month and speak, but yet we're right back on pace when we do speak. And so uh, I value that more than anything from our, our journeys.
0: You you Uh, know, you know, Brad, I'm going to stop you. Uh, I always have a a little script, but that's the great thing about doing these is because you always kind of go off on, on tangents and, and and you know, it, it's thought provoking. But but you mentioned relationships. I, I think more than anything else, the my, my favorite thing about this business, and and even more so, I think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, even more so when I was a college coach, uh, was was those relationships. I guess because when you travel so much and, and you you rub elbows with so many people, the ones that you really like and the ones that really stick. You know, like you said, we could go a month without talking to each other, but I get on the phone with you and it's like we, we've, we've, no, you know, we, we hadn't stopped talking. And so, right. so these relationships are really, really special in this business.
1: Yeah, yeah. and I, I don't want to ever, and that's probably the advice I speak to young guys, develop relationships, because you never know when you're going to need to come back or that relationship will come back in another fashion. Uh, there's old saying, you know, be careful the toes you step on might be connected to the ass you have to kiss later. <laughs> yeah. And, You know, it it will come back. I could tell a story just recently of a situation. And and uh, yeah, it's the once you start that that interaction and you're in the business, you'll know people for next 20, 25, 30 years. Now, maybe in different roles, different capacities, they may have gone on to administration and it might be time for you to take that move. And so uh, value that. Don't minimize that. Um, especially on the front, we're all kind of in our in our mood of like, hey, we got to get this next player, we got to win this ball game. Uh, but once you get past the surface of that, you know, you hopefully peel the hate of the character and the heart of an individual.
0: Well, you know, uh, th- th- this episode, uh, you know, that we're taping now is going to follow up our our episode with Coach Bobby Champagne. And so, if you haven't listened to that episode yet, you really need to go back and listen to it cause you talk about relationships. We were just, yeah. we were just joking about this off, off, off uh, record was Bobby is literally a, just taking a high school job in North Alabama. And because of the relationship that he had with Kelvin Sampson and having worked on two of his staffs prior, he gets a call and, and now he's at the university of Houston. So in nine months, he goes from teaching a class coaching at a rural high school to be in one game away from the final four, you know, and, and, and again, you know, you guys could go back and listen to the podcast, but, but it's all about Bobby's relationship. And also when he left coach Sampson and was no longer coaching with him, th- that relationship maintained and they right, still checked right. one another. And, and uh, Kelvin had a, had an opening and he knew that Bobby would do it and do it right. And there you have it, you know? And so, yeah. so again, young coaches, it's about relationships and and it's not about phony relationships. It, it ain't about seeing how many people you can put in your Rolodex. It's about their right. friendships that you build. Uh, it, it'll take you a long way in this business.
1: Yes, for sure, bro. I know we could probably continue on with that. Just that topic alone of, of leading and, and guiding and, and maintaining good quality relationships because you'll never know when it'll come back around. And, um, but that's you know, that's not what we want to, you want to kind of target today. So
0: no, no, and you're right. we we need to do an episode on 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 that. Uh, but one of the things I want to talk with you about t- today, Brad, and we're gonna have Brad on here a, a bunch of times because there's so much he can bring to us. but but brad has 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 kind of been unique in that you know, you're talking about a college player who then was a college men's coach and then he went from co- coaching women's college and then now he's out of coaching doing some doing some other things in the in in the high school settings and so i think it'll be i think it's good for us to kind of touch on a lot of these things because you never know who's listening to this and who who this can impact so Brad if you don't mind just real quick if you will just kind of gloss over some of your career and tell us a little bit about your your journey and then we'll double back and, and get into some details. Sure.
1: sure. Um I um I got my break. I was um um uh, assistant at Athens State College, which that program still not is not in exist anymore, uh, for Coach Harold Merle. Um uh, uh, when I realized I wanted to go in coaching after I finished playing, I, well, I've got to figure this out and finish my degree. I was taking classes there at Athens State, and this might as well just be assistant volunteer. And this coach let me on, gave me a lot of responsibility. I mean, I'm, within a month, he sent me to Tallahassee, Florida, to recruit the Florida JUCO event, showcase event. I'm sitting there with the who's who already, and then the JUCO coaches in that league were were just dynamic. Um, and that was my, you know, he just gave me the keys and said, go be back tomorrow. Um, so I'm blessed by the next year, the assistant left, they were not going to fill that position. So coach made me the assistant, although I wasn't getting paid. Um, he did pay me a little bit through the boost club, but I gained, so he just let me run with it. Let me learn through now. There was no doubt who was in charge of the program. Uh, but he let me learn through some errors, And that was the joys of, of working with coach Merle, working in the NAI ranks at that time. Uh, we would play Birmingham Southern, which that'll segue to my career coming back. So, I'm now finished my degree. They're not going to hire me full time. It wasn't anything Coach wanted to do. It was just administration. They were trying to disband the program. They just didn't have. They just didn't have the courage to fight Coach Merle on it. So they just made his staff weaker. Um, so I was trying to find a job. I interviewed probably nine high school jobs, or at least applied. Some of them was very ambitious in doing at that time with no head coaching experience, just a a year shy of getting my teaching certificate. I interviewed for Monrovia Middle School. I thought that was a shoe in. The principal was a former manager for Coach Merle. My my girlfriend that became my wife at that time was teaching there. Uh, I coached the brother-in-law of the assistant principal at Athens State and I didn't get the job. (laughs) I'm like, what in the world? So I got my first offer from Mike Binding at Louisiana Monroe. Um, Talk about a good dude. Talk about
0: a good dude.
1: (laughs) I just got in the car. I heard he was going to be at Gerald Snyder's event in Jackson, Mississippi. I got in the car and drove through the night and was sitting there at 8 o'clock next morning for him to come in. Sat with him the whole day. I don't even know if we even talked basketball hardly. Um, I was probably the seventh. Person on his list and everybody turned it down. So there he was. It's first of August and school's about to start. He offered me the job. It was only fourteen thousand a year. And he was told by one of his good friends if that dude will drive that far without even knowing you're gonna be there for fourteen thousand dollars you better hire. Mm-hmm. So I got that break and you know, got to work with Coach bonnie Um, you know, a legend in his own right, you know, more conference championships at that time. Uh when it was northeast Louisiana, it's now Louisiana Monroe. Um, but after two years of that, finished my master's. I figured I'd take work on classes while I was there. I it was time to change a little bit. So I got the offer to, to come to East Central Community College, but I was a dual assistant, men's and women's assistant coach. They had just created that position as a full-time spot because they had some issues with part-time people working in one program, assistant for one and a different assistant. So I figured they would create a full-time spot. I was the ninth person that was offered that job. <laughs> and I just just happened to be at the right place at the right time. I could tell a different story on just by by God's grace that I was the right at the right place on the right day. And um so I took it, loved it, enjoyed it, but I, I was working my tail off. I mean, you were in, you know the the Bible says you can't serve two masters. Well, I had two head coaches and every day was a, a two-a-day <laughs> practice. Every game was a double header. And then we had off days. If you had two a days for each program, that was four practices in a day. Um, so I was drained. And then eventually, un- and then unfortunately, the two head coaches that became, um, came in combative with each other, conflicting, simply because so they were sharing the assistant coach. And um, I was caught in the middle. And I was, I've had enough of this. But one morning I got a call says, would you like to be the head coach here? Because I'm retiring. So the women's head coach, who was the AD also, was retiring after 16 years. And I got the job then and within four years, we're nationally ranked. Hey, uh, hey Brad, to- so, so let me,
0: yeah, let me stop you right there because I want to hear about, about now this transition from coaching um, men to women. but. But as we talking, and again, this is this is about you know providing value to young coaches who are listening and, and trying to get ideas. This, some of the parallels here of your start and my start. I'm just jotting these things down as you're yeah. saying. First of all, volunteer. The yeah. first job I took, I walked in to Coach Gary Mitchell's office at Ruston High School and said, What can I do? Same deal. I'm gonna volunteer. I'm gonna do whatever you need. He gave me the keys to, to do whatever I want. And by the way, prayers to my my mentor, Coach Mitchell. He's battling cancer. He's going through some chemo and some surgery. Uh, but Coach Mitchell, I love you if you're listening out there. But he 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 was he was my guy, man. He he got me in. The the, the next thing is you talk about shoe-ins as I'm trying to get college jobs. There were so many jobs that I thought were shoe-ins. Yeah. And I remember yeah. Coach, Coach Ricky Broussard, I'm not going to name the school, but I told Coach Ricky, man, can you help me? He's like, why do you want that job? That job is horrible. I'm like, <laughs> I, I, I thought it was a shoe-in. And he goes, I said, I just want to get on a college level. He goes, oh, we got a job here open at Nickel State. And so, again, you talk about right place, right time. Yeah. And then first job, $16,000. I, I take a job from 16000 for $16,000. i have got a wife and two children. But my, my dream was to be a college coach and get my foot in the door. And so it, it's making sacrifices. And then the, then the last thing that kind of corresponds, r- right before I became a college coach, I'm a boys high school head coach. And the athletic director said, hey, you want to coach the girls too? And I said, you know what, let's do it. You know, wow. I and mean, the whole whole story behind that as well. But but I just wanted to stop you. And again, for young coaches, you out there listening, these it, again it goes back to what we started with. It's parallels. Uh, I, I mean, it's it's relationships. It's building people's trust, and you got to be willing to do it for free, do it for little pay, and that's how you earn the trust of future employees. That, Absolutely. That's, that's how you get your foot in the door. Okay, so now, so now you're at East Central, and you're about to be the girls, uh, the girls' head coach there.
1: Uh, I'm gonna go to that. I want to remind me on certain things. There's there's a couple of individuals that are that are successful now. Bob Starkey, who lived in the locker room at LSU. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, Buzz you know, Williams
0: he's going back to LSU. Uh, oh. Coach Starkey. Coach Starkey just left Auburn. He's going back to LSU. He's going home. Yeah.
1: Uh, uh. Well, Bob Starkey is one of the best in the business as good of a man, um, academically, strong, mentally, uh, intellectually, I should say. Um, I just love following his stuff and um, very, very strong.
0: Somebody who gives so much to the coaching profession. Yeah. You know, you I, I've never had the opportunity to to meet Coach Starkey in person, but I can't tell you how many things that I've gathered from him, whether it be through social media or that he's sent out to coaches. And, and I'm excited because my team, we're going to play in LSU's team camp this summer. And, and now with okay. Coach Starkey being there. So, anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: But Buzz Williams is another one who's the head coach at Texas A&M. Uh, he and I actually interviewed for the same job at Northwestern State with um, Mike McConaughey. Yeah, uh, but Buzz was, and you see him now. He's sweating his tail off on the sideline. He's a go-getter, but he was he was living in in the locker room basically. So the point of reference to that is, you got to be willing to do it for free. Or you got to be willing to do it for for just pennies if you want to do it. And I, I have coaches you know, come to me, you know, veteran high school coaches. I just want to get to college level. Well, you're going to be willing to do it for nothing, and not that my path is the only path, but a coach of that year's experience, you kind of get Lenny Acuff said this word years ago to me, you get those green handcuffs. You're not willing to do it for for less than what you think you deserve, perhaps. And so now segmenting in on that, I, I got the head job. It's the summer, and I'm trying to hire an assistant. And I I'd love to tell the story because I called five colleges, all three of the major colleges in Mississippi uh memphis and tennessee well let me back up i called those three in and university of alabama and that's well heck i might as well just call memphis because they kind of recruited the mississippi Chico system and i said well i'm on this path might as well just call tennessee what the heck i'm gonna call pat summit you know two people call me back joy mcnellis at memphis then who's now at southern miss and pat summit after three days of she and I leaving messages back and forth, she said, "Brad, this is my personal line right here. You call me; I will speak to you directly. Quit trying to worry about going through my uh, secretary." So I called. She answered, and after talking about fifteen minutes, she said, "You know what you're wanting and needing? I ain't got nobody for you, honestly. If you call me back next year, I've got a great manager who I think will be fantastic." And that that point, that conversation stay with me forever i said if pat summit is good enough to call me back you know i don't know where she was in her national championship victories at that point Mm -hmm. i'm never uh above anything not to return a call pat summit used to drive a station wagon to the ball games i can at least sweep the gym floor yeah so so anyway i share that and i was offering the jobs uh, to some folks and nobody would take it i only had ten thousand dollars they cut it back to a a part-time position but the person would get housing and meals. They would work in a financial aid office a few hours every morning, and and they would get basically a ten thousand dollar. But the package probably total was perhaps twenty. Um, I only had one person willing to take it, and that's you got it because they were willing to do it for nothing. And several was like, "That's just I can't live on that." Well, if you're single, no children. which you know, like you said, you did it with wife and two children. Yeah. Uh, you, then you don't want it that bad, and I don't mean it in a negative. But you've got to be able to have um, not. Uh, there's terminology for it, but not limit your thinking, um, expand your beliefs, and what you can become, because you never know what that will come for you later. So, you know, fast forward there at Larity Central. or four years, we we built a program to where we were nationally ranked. Got to go to the national tournament. Um, had a chance to go back to back. Lost in the championship game um by three the the following year uh and then i got a call to come to birmingham southern and my statement was when they called me would i be interested to, to interview and talk to them i said i'd scrub toilets to work at birmingham southern and that among the interview was was the significance of me getting that job um hey,
0: hey brad let me let, let me stop you before we, before you go on to birmingham southern so if you can th- think about uh, for any of the guys or ladies that are thinking of transitioning from one side to the other, uh, to from, from the men's side to the women's side or or, or vice versa, in, in my opinion, just about everything I've always done has been the same. I think it's the same game. Obviously, we're not throwing any alley-oops in women's basketball, but yeah. the, the game is the same. I can learn just as much from, from Mike Krzyzewski as I can learn from Gino. Were there any differences that you saw when you when you went from from the men's game to the women's game? Anything you had to adjust with your coaching?
1: Um, I've always, I've, I got asked that on, when I first got hired at Birmingham Southern. We had a professor come up and say, "Is was there differences in men and women?" And I was kind of sarcastic. I said, "Sure, they smell better and, and they have a lot prettier to look at." <laughs> well, that was probably not the most politically correct statement I should have made. <laughs> yeah. But I'm, my my point there was sarcasm in there because no they're, they're humans they're they're individuals who 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 are looking for guidance they're looking for direction looking for leadership want to be taught want to be loved some don't want to be loved too hard you got to learn how to deal with that but that, there are guys that just, that don't can't handle that uh, level of aggressiveness coaching uh, but they're still humans and to say, and for me to say that. Oh you got to coach them different or there are differences. I think that's disrespectful to the women that are out there.
0: I um, agree 100%. One of the things, one of the comments that I make all the time and particularly like in our parent meetings uh, before our seasons. These girls, these ladies deserve to be treated like athletes and not little girls. And go. I think sometimes they've done a, they've done a disservice because because coaches think you need to handle them with kit gloves. Man, they, they want to be athletes, man. They're they going to yeah. go out there and take charges for you, and they're going to get on the floor and die for loose balls. They're going to do tough things. They deserve to be treated like an athlete and not like a little girl.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Now, I'll, I'll, I'll say the difference. There are some that I'll come back to, but I knew the very first game prep I had when I was the head coach for the women after been in the men's game for X amount of years, I'd done a written scout report, front and back page, they knew that thing inside and out the very first scout prep and i thought holy cow they've been studying this and they know what to do. they're bought in yeah. and i knew right then shoot i'm this is i can i can coach i can you know i can give them the information give them a chance to win now did we win all of them no but at least we were there together and i evolved on that probably didn't put as much into the scout paperwork as i did just trying to you know be a better leader for ours but um I knew then that I was gonna it was gonna be a difference for me as a coach. Um but you know there are differences in that regards because there are actions that are different. You know, the men's game's played above the rim. Yep. Women's is not. And you know, I had one former player come up and say, like, well, coach, how do I learn to do the the teardrop shot? And, you know, she was an undersized point guard, you know, five foot two, three, something like that. I said, Why are you doing a teardrop? You there ain't nobody gonna be above the rim to block your shot. Her, her name's oh. not Nicole, is it? <laughs> no, no. It was a, Burmy, it was a Birmingham Southern oh, Birmingham player. Southern. Gotcha. Got you. I i you know what? For the sake of uh I'm not gonna give her name, but when this is all when you get this out, I'm gonna send it to her because she's actually a coach now. Please at the do. level. Yes, yes, yes. I'm gonna ask and I'm gonna ask her how's she working on that drill for teardrops? <laughs> <laughs> so but you know, that said, you know this their difference in that regard the rules are different. You know, the ball size is different. Mm -hmm. Uh, When the women's college game put that call the timeout at the baseline, you put it, bring it in front of your bench, like the NBA, that was the greatest advantage. I don't know why the men have not done that. Um, So I think there's some active thinking. There's proactive, you know, above stream thinking in the women's game to help with the marketing of it. Yeah. Uh, I still think we have some, issues you know last year debacle with the weight room with the women's game uh, but we got to have those to see that there's still some narrow-mindedness they're not for thinking you know forward thinking we got to remember on one regard to that women 1976 the women still were playing three on three half court and had to throw the ball to a, i guess be a rover right to sit throw it to the other side women were not allowed to run transition because it was going to interfere with the birthing process, which shows you how limited thinking we had. I mean, we, in Title Nine didn't even—I think it was seventy-two—and yeah. um, it's just an unfortunate part of the game. But how our game has grown, the women's game—it is since then—it's remarkable. And the the activity of uh, of the players, the playing skills and the shooting skills of the players is just tremendous. Um, and so I, I can't wait to see what the future will have in the next fifty years for that part of the women's game. Yeah, you know, the men's game is always—it's you know, CBS bought March Madness for thirteen billion dollars for a reason. It's always going to have that attention.
0: Yeah,
1: um, but to see that and see the support—you see a lot of, you know, the men's coaches supporting the the NBA guys coming in and being very supportive of uh, that's that's fine. and of course we can always go back to what Kobe was doing for the women's game un- behind the scenes mostly. Yeah. Yeah. because he had a daughter you know it's good to see that going and and so um but back to the question is in hand is that are are the they're still humans they still want to be loved be treated respectfully um you know they are they are kids uh, they're going to be you know like my own two children they're going to be knuckleheads sometime yep um and some some of them have different motives and agendas but that's 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 the way life is it's it, it's as it is but i'm going to give the best quote i heard and the reason why I say this is Alan LaForce when I was at Birmingham Southern, we were division one at the time, and he was at Coastal Carolina and he coached at East Tennessee State with Mr. Jennings and all that, and then got into the women's game. Um, he gave me a quote that says, Brad, winning makes men happy. Happy women win. What it says in there say, is
0: say that for me one more time for the people in yeah. the back.
1: <laughs> yeah. Winning makes men happy happy women win and it shows the differences that more the emotional iq of women is a lot stronger so they got to be vibrating and got to be kind of in sync together from the emotional side from uh from the energy side inside themselves whereas men just hey we gotta figure out how to win we'll figure it out now you do see some of the women's game growing to the point they want to win it's not that they never did want to win but being having that chemistry and that unity Really helps so much in the momentum, and in the um, and just also dealing with adversity. They don't get when they're when they're bonded together, they don't get too disrupted and they don't go disintegrate into cliques as much when they're bonded together. Yeah,
0: yeah, good point. So, and and you know, I I told you we'll have you on here tons of times. I mean, the the time is just flying by. Uh, Oh no. Real, real quick, though, one of the other topics I wanted you to touch on uh, is now, let's fast forward. And now you're you you you're into counseling, you, you're out of coaching. Um, I, you know, I, I tell myself, almost daily, I, I don't know that I'll ever not coach. Um, but I'm sure you probably said that at, at some point in your career. Mm-hmm. So, Tell me tell me how you handling that. Uh, will you coach again? How's that transition? Uh, talk about that for a second.
1: Well, it's interesting. They still call me Coach Hodge. Um, mm-hmm. I'm you know, the always,
0: coach. I'm sorry. I know I keep interrupting you. So I, I had a player of mine from 20 something years ago, text messaged me the other day and said my wife and I would laugh and that I still call you coach. I'm 36 years old. And I still call you coach. So that's the best compliment you can get. So yeah, coach Hodge, you'll always be coach Hodge.
1: Yeah. So the, the students I serve, you know, I'm a senior counselor at uh, here in Birmingham at Carver high school. And that's it's coach Hodge is the, the way to do it. And I like it for one, it breaks, it gives them that sense of comfort right away there's a coach, can, I think Billy Graham said, coaching coach can impact the lives of more people than any preacher or polygen, whoever. Yeah. And I see that so much when, if they come and say, Mr. Hodge, it's one thing, but when it's coach, it just gives that sense of comfort. Um, so, I think in some ways that what I do now is still, it's life coaching. I just don't use the orange ball to, to, as, a, as my tool. Um, but for me, it was pretty simple transitioning out um i had gone through a divorce um the impacts of of the travel and the recruiting and so forth i know was a was a cause of that and that's okay
0: doesn't um, help, help
1: doesn't help no, it doesn't help it takes a special person not that my ex wife was it's not a special person i'm not trying to blast her on that but it does take a special person to be married to a because to a coach or coach or a or politician or, or minister because you're having given so much energy to the community and other people um and attention and so it's it's challenging but so as a result uh my children were young and you know i, I just you know now i only have them 50 percent of the time and i just didn't want to grow go next 10 20 years and not be in their lives so it was really simple it also helped me my daughter was six years old. Uh, I was bringing them home, and it was right at the end of the season. And she's like, Dad, we got practice today. No, no practice. You know, you got any more trips? No more trips. And she said, Dad, I just wish you'd get a job where you're home more. Wow. Yeah. I was done. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's pretty easy. Wow. Uh, yeah. And I'll never forget where I was at and never forget that that moment because I didn't want to be 10 years from now and um, you know, not make that commitment to them. Now, now I'm getting closer. They're about out. Would I it would take a special situation, maybe like a Bobby's champagne situation where someone they work for, someone they trust. Yeah. Uh a joke, I'd like to be the old man, like
0: uh like yes.
1: multi-head. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I'll be that old man tell you what not to. I told you you shouldn't have done that. Uh, <laughs> that's right. you know. Um perhaps I'm not just dying for that. But one of the things I I um I discovered was man i have i have holidays yeah. I my nights and weekends and i have didn't have that uh you know i had my first thanksgiving week off i had my first christmas week with nothing going on where where i could just spend time and do that with my children um i, I never I'll never forget it was the first season i was out my good friend chris treywick we, we were working working together and he was a former college coach high school coach uh he's now dr trawick and assistant superintendent here at jefferson county schools and great man um admire him a lot and we're sitting there and he just looked at me do you miss it i was like miss what i didn't even realize it was october 15th you know october 15th for years was like the day that's like you know christmas day yeah uh, i wasn't even aware it was october 15th and i don't know if there was grief in there uh, or denial one um or just the fact that i realized I'm not, it's not consuming me, me anymore. And you know, when you're inside the jar, I, I, I know we listen to Rob Dial podcast. This is my mm-hmm. favorite, one of my favorites. Like when you're inside the jar, you can't read the label. And then when you get out of it, you see things differently. And um, I realized how much time we had given, uh, you know, how much time we'd spent, how much time we'd lost, how much we devoted. And just the revelation of that um, made me realize, Okay, there's the other things that I can do and grow and learn be better at. Thus that's when I went into the you know, into the coaching, I mean excuse me, the counseling world and and um but no I don't I won't dismiss it if the right opportunity um comes well, along.
0: Uh the, the sacrifice you make, uh being away, the hours, the holidays, the grind, you know, there there the are a lot of you know I don't have a whole lot of regrets in life you know some of the things that i missed with with my daughters is 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 definitely something that that i regret you know because you know we, we do provide value and put things into in into so much of our lives and and this commitment uh but at the end of the day in a lot of cases, coaches often spend more time with their players than they do their, their own, their own families. And then that could, and that can be challenging.
1: Uh,
0: Brad. That's we, where uh,
1: and I'm going to interrupt you on that. That's where I, you know, after I left college coaching, and I, you know, I, and I, and I said the same thing. I don't know what to do. I wouldn't know what else to do for years. I was like, I was, I was, I know is coaching. And it's the only thing to give me, but I did high school uh, for two years. But is that the second time I was like, You know, I'm spending so much energy in everybody else's children, and I'm not even putting it in my own. And that just emotionally, that just was too much for me to continue. And as I was a single parent, I didn't have a support system around me. Um, You know, my my, my family's in different spots and such. So I just couldn't continue to carry that, uh, especially for some of the parents that were not even involved in their own children's life. Uh, The school, you know, so I just said, no, I can come back if I want to, but I've only got one chance to continue, because I know at that stage, I'd already given up so much time with them, and and you know all that, and and many other coaches do, Um, but I just know where I place value on that for me.
0: Well, well, good, good for you, man. And look, uh, we we will absolutely do this again. Uh, it was so good to finally get you on here. Um, but 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 thanks for your time, man. Uh, we'll we'll talk we'll talk soon. And and I know uh, this will provide a lot of value for for some young coaches.
1: Uh, well, keep this thing going, man. I'm happy for you to keep this thing going. I, I like what you're doing and. Uh, there's no, I know we can help other people and I know you're doing a great job of this. So keep it up, man. Happy for you, brother.
0: Thanks, buddy. Talk to you soon. That's a wrap on this week's episode. Please be sure to subscribe and share with your friends. And if you would, Give us five stars and a nice review so that we can build our audience and reach more people. See you next week.